0: Salty Bible Hour is a ministry of Open Door Baptist Church of Brighton, Tennessee. Scripture is our final authority whereby any and all church councils, creeds, and quotes are in subjection. Salty subscribers will become equipped in a basing ivory tower scholarly consensus with blue-collar Bible basics. No fluff or filler here, just substance seasoned with salt, not coated with sugar. All right. So we're doing things slightly different. I want to hand the wheel over immediately. I know you want to start second Timothy. This is following off of our video on interpretation. I do recommend to watch that first before you get into this because it bleeds over so much into what we're going to talk to about today. And I just don't feel like you get a real good understanding of what we're going to talk about today or even really where we're coming from without at least getting that biblically defined first. So we're going to talk about translation and we're going to talk about inspiration. I kind of want to make it clear from the start, we're not just talking about these words arbitrarily from the Bible. We are really talking about the Word of God today because you and me aren't interested in what the proper translation of Gilgamesh is. And we're not worried whether or not a poem is inspired, right? So we, we are kind of narrowing our focus on these terms, but you are limited when it comes to the use of these words in the Bible And I know that you've taught so much on this. I do kind of want to let you um, at least get started on our conversation today and kind of take the wheel because I feel like you've got such a better grasp on this subject than I do.
1: Well, we talked about interpretation uh, last week, and man, it demands that we talk about inspiration. We have to. And that's going to demand that we talk about translation at some point. And uh, of course... We mentioned translation yeah. last time. Uh, also, we're in Second Timothy chapter three, um, just for sake of time to grab Second. We'll look at Second Peter chapter one in a moment. Okay, so kind of mark that Second Peter chapter one. But uh, oh, Second Second Timothy chapter three is where we'll start. The Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration. There's the word, and uh, surprisingly, that's the only time you'll see that word in your um, New Testament, and. Oh, did I say 2 Peter 1? And we'll look at 2 Peter 1 in just a moment. But uh, so all Scripture is given by inspiration. I got a question, and you don't have to answer this. Just think about it, okay? Here's a King James Bible. I believe that is the Word of God. Is this Bible inspired you don't have to answer that because I'm not trying to set you up. Let me, can I just tell you a conclusion that I have? I
0: want, yeah, let me, Go before ahead. I say anything, let, let me hear what you're saying because I feel like if I can, I'm just going to augment it. It's going to, it's going, the answer that I have will probably offend a
1: King James Bible believer. Okay. Let's qualify it and act, I believe that when I give the calculation that led to that conclusion, I believe they, a King James Bible believer will concede, okay, I'm going to say no.
0: Yeah. Because I've heard it's the argument inspired. of, like, not can I can we can I throw this on you before? Because I feel like this is the problem when we get into these discussions. If you have any sort of knowledge on this, to the average person who's just watching a video on the Bible, it feels like I'm making it too complicated. I feel like if you have any real knowledge of this, you'd realize how deep the depths are. Oh, yeah. You can step off into an ocean on this topic. Mm-hmm. And what I feel like when people ask that question is, there is like this qualifying attack against King James Bible believers of double double, double inspiration. inspiration. Right. And mm-hmm. so when you ask that question, I'm laden with that attack, mm-hmm. and I want to answer an attack that's not maybe even being presented here. Right. It's a... Uh, that's framed
1: against person uh, some extra biblical doctrine called double inspiration. And which we don't which believe. I, I don't think I have any biblical uh, reason to believe that or yes. to have to assign that. Again, is this Bible inspired? I'm going to say no. Okay. Because nowhere, is, nowhere does the Bible, the best evidence is internal evidence. The best thing you're going to learn about the Bible is what the Bible says about itself in the text. So it never claims to be inspired. Furthermore, no no writer of the Bible ever claimed to be inspired. Scripture is not inspired. Scripture is given by, by inspiration. inspiration. We're talking about inspiration. Um, so what what is inspiration? Uh, you'll have to define it with the Bible. So scripture is given by inspiration. And this is a good one right here. Uh, second Timothy, uh, of course, I quoted, did I quote the full verse? All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and in righteousness. So it's given by inspiration. We might okay. want to learn what inspiration is. And uh, 2 Peter chapter 1, the Bible says, in verse, number, we started out last week with this about the interpretation. Uh-huh. In verse 20, <clears> the <throat> Bible says, uh, oh, verse 20, knowing this verse that no prophecy of the scripture is see, you got to ask yourself, what is scripture? See, uh, prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Watch this for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but here's your inspiration holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost, they spake as they were moved. So, those men were not inspired, but they were moved by inspiration. Sure. So, uh, Nowhere are you told that Scripture is inspired. Nowhere are you told that any writer and words have meanings, okay? And that uh, the word inspiration means something. And you're just not. It's not given by inspired men. Because often we'll, we'll have to answer the charge. Well, who said the King King James translators uh, weren't inspired? They didn't claim to be inspired. Where did anybody claim to be inspired? I show you. I can show you. Inspire. Uh, uh, I can show you Scripture that is where the writer of Scripture thought and asserted that it was his own words, Uh like Paul saying, I I speak this by permission, I speak this as a man, yeah, Yeah. and, uh, but I'm going to tell you, well, God breathed on it, yeah, (laughs) okay, and uh, so, but anyway, uh, for the
0: purpose of definition, can we say that inspiration is by definition what we would say the breath of God?
1: Well, yeah, that's what the Bible defines it. Yeah, Absolutely, yeah.
0: Yeah, and that just yeah. just for the sake of those that are watching, theopnatos, uh,
1: God breathe. That's the that's the Greek word for inspiration. Theopnatos, uh, it's the breath of God, which is synonymous with the life of God. Yes. Okay. When I say inspiration, uh, that's tied to the Spirit of God. Uh-huh. And to, it's, let's be real simple. Find the root word of inspiration: inspire. Yeah. To inspire is to to take in life. To yeah. inspire. If you die, you expire. expire. You gave your life away. You expired. We use that synonymous with someone dying. Well, uh-huh. uh, let me state this. This scripture, I'm talking about scripture, the words of God have no expiration. Yes. They are ins- yes. they are given by inspiration, which is the life of God. Now, uh, the Bible is is true. It's truth. Uh, truth personified. Well, not personified. Truth. Uh, that would be the wrong way to say it. J- Jesus said it like this in John 17, verse 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Watch it. Thy word is truth. Mm-hmm. Now that's how much simpler can we get? We're talking, I'm trying to make this as simple as possible. We don't have to add any complexity to this thing as, as complex as it already is. Let's get as simple as we can. And we have a mandate in the Bible, in the scripture, saying in 1 Thessalonians, or 2 Thessalonians, maybe, or 1 Thessalonians 5, to prove all. Things. Yes. So when we prove these, uh, in, in what I'm doing, when I say it's not given by inspiration, I believe this, Bi- this Bible right here, this, uh-huh. this 1769 <laughs> edition, yeah. I believe that it is the perfect, preserved, pure words of God that have been given by inspiration, and I do believe that it will never be superseded by any other. Some people say, uh, entertain the thoughts that, well, there could be something come along later. I do not believe that and I have scriptural merit. We're not going to get into that today, but I do not believe it will ever be superseded by any other source. Now, um, is what I'm saying. Running true diagnostics on this book Uh like we are, you know what surfaces? Truly, this is the Word of God. The King James Bible is the Word of God. Now, let's define You've already done it, but let's show the text. uh, Defining inspiration. Job 32. That's the only other place in the Bible where you'll see inspiration, and it's in the book of Job. That's in the Old Testament, once in the New Testament, and once in the Old. And we're looking at Job, we look at chapter 32. The Bible says here, Job chapter 32, <clears throat> in verse number 8. Again, inspire, inhale. That's the same thing. To mm-hmm. inspire is to take in life. That's to inhale. To expire is to exhale, which is to lose life. And uh, so, oh, I think I'm in verse number 8. Here it is. But there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. So notice that inspiration is synonymous with understanding. Inspiration is synonymous with the Spirit of God. I want you to compare that and just to solidify that a little more. Look at Job chapter 33 and uh, verse number 4. The Bible says this, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of, breath the, of the Almighty... <clears throat> Hath given me life. Do you see a continuity in these these two verses between spirit, understanding, inspiration, the breath of God, um, and life? Yes. It's the life of God. Uh, John chapter three, verse eight defines the spirit of God as wind. Or, or I'm sorry, he defines he explains the spirit of God. Yes. With air or wind. He Mm -hmm. says to Nicodemus, The wind bloweth where it listeth, thou hearest the sound thereof, thou canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. If you want to sink up and and have some physical example to uh, understand the Spirit of God, it's like wind. You can't see it, but boy, you sure can see the effects of it. When it blows, it could blow the paper off this table, it could blow your hair if you had some. You know it's there, but you can't see the spirit, but you see the effects of it with changed lives, and you could go on and on with that. Now, here's a question. Where's the first time you'll see inspiration? This is a good question, and I've had to ask myself, and to get real technical, uh, uh, I want to see what you think about this, okay? Okay. You see inspiration the first time. Uh, in the Old Testament in Job, and it's defined. Yeah, uh, no, There's no doubt about it. That's how Scripture is given. Mm-hmm. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The yeah. Holy Spirit guided men, and uh, i got some questions about that, too, that I have asked. Remind me, if I forget, to tell you a conversation I had, and I will not say his name because... I told him it'll be our little secret. Yeah. But he is a, a well-known Bible scholar. Went to Bob Jones, and he's, a, he's very schooled in Hebrew and Greek language. He's written books, polemics against the idea that this is the perfect word of yes. God. And me and him had some uh, email conversations, and I asked him a question, and I'll tell you his answer. Okay. And uh, we'll look at that a little bit. And uh, again, uh, just keep keep him keep my mouth off that dude. But. Um, Oh, here we are. Oh, yeah. The first act of inspiration. Where is it? Now, I'm tempted to say, I'm tempted to say in Genesis chapter 3. No, 2. 2. Verse 7. Yeah. Said, I'll just quote it. Uh, God formed man from the dust of the ground, breathed into him. The breath of water. Now life. that we know what inspiration is, that's interesting to me. Yeah. Right? Because you've got an object. It's kind of like you got, what if you had some papyri with some, some some ink on some some uh-huh. papyrus. It's just black words on white paper. Yeah. Okay. But what? It's different when when God blows on it. It yeah. becomes alive. Oh my goodness! The Word of God is alive. It's quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword. It is a living. Word. Yeah. Now, um, I believe the first act of inspiration you see is when God gave life and breath to man. Now he gave that to Adam. He made Adam. Yeah, that's that's a just uh, however he did from the dust of the ground. I kind of picture a potter and clay or whatever mm-hmm. it was out of the dust he formed man. He said, "Hey, how about that?" This now, he's alive. He became a living mm-hmm. soul. Okay. Adam later on had copies of man. Made, there's subsequent copies of man that, that come on the scene. Yeah, Seth, uh, Job. Uh, uh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, just copies of copies of copies of copies. Did, do you ever see, or we know that's not true, God never repeated that same process. When, when he had Seth, did God have to come down and form him, and bring, or did that copy? The
0: inspiration carried over to every copy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he is... Um, so there's life. That life continues through copies. Let me just take a pause, because I'm going to... When you ask the question, this is where my thoughts were. All right. It's three things, biblically, that I can say, as far as my understanding, that I can say are inspired. Creation, mankind, the Word of God. Okay. Or
1: inspired or given by inspiration? If well, I was dealing with semantics, really with semantics...
0: When I say inspired, what do you mean? Okay, I say it's given by
1: inspiration. Or has the breath of God. Right. Given by inspiration is the words that the Bible uses. Um, I'm not going to split hairs over inspired, but see, the reason I, the reason you got to qualify that because folks, you enter into this arena and you're going to have a lot of opposition. And folks are going to be um, saying things about... The Bible accusing it of uh, accusing us of believing something that can be proven untrue. Or
0: well, well, that's not what. Like, so when you said, "When's the first course of inspiration?" We know, according to, and I've just got these written down. Um, Hebrews chapter eleven, verse three. 2 Peter three, verse five. Creation was spoken into existence by the breath of God. You get see, that's good. You're getting ahead of me. And I, listen, man, keep talking. All right, so. so this is where I when I say that the word of God is inspired just like you're saying in Hebrews chapter 4 I'm saying that it's alive. Yes, sir. And so now I know and this is in my heart cuz before you said it I felt like this is where we're headed. Yeah. So that someone doesn't understand the does not misunderstand what we're saying. The reason why there's this trigger in me to say well the the Scripture, this is Scripture, and Scripture is inspired, and Scripture can be unbroken, but the reason why I want to say that is because it is alive. Given our conversation on interpretation, is it alive to a man that doesn't have the Holy Spirit? Or is it alive by itself? Mm. Because that kind of feels like that's where you're headed, is that without the augmentation of the Holy Spirit upon the text, Mm. it's a dead letter. Right. I believe that I believe it, it's alive whether you believe it or not or whether you are in in
1: convergence with it but the spirit of God in you is what's going to open your understanding uh, to see that so, yeah yeah there, that's uh, so that's, that's why, that's why a I parent. would say if
0: I even if I believe this to be the Word of God by believing it to be the Word of God I must believe it's inspired mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right because the Bible lays out that the Word of God is the breath of God and therefore the life of God, and every man who spake the word yeah, of God. Yeah, if you
1: twist, if you if you use the verbiage like that, there's no problem with that.
0: Yeah, right. That's where my mind's at mm-hmm. with it. Right. Now, that's not what I feel like what you're saying. I feel like what you were saying. I would was would say technically. Second. I would say technically. Let's get practically. It's
1: inspired. There's okay. no problem with that. If I had to really get technical, it's given by inspiration. Yeah. It's
0: preserved. It's preserved. Mm-hmm. And I, this is what I would say with that. Mm-hmm. The inspiration that Job has, that he says he has in, in Job chapter 32, is the inspiration that the King James Bible has. I believe that, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were both breathed into. How about
1: this? It's the inspiration, not that the King James Bible has. How about, let's just say, it's the inspiration, inspiration of the, Word of the Word of God has. The Word of God has the fact that it's the King James Bible surfaces
0: later. So this is the semantic. All right, so this is where I knew I'd trip up on this thing. I got, technically I'd get murdered for saying what I just said. So you pointed out, thank you. That's exactly the trap that they they get you in is because they'll say, well, you're saying the King James Bible is inspired. You're saying that the act of the translation was an occurrence of inspiration. Right. And we're not saying that. We're saying that the King James Bible is the Word of God and the Word of God, by technical definition, has to be inspired because it is the, breath of God. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing that framed the world that's inspired. It's the same thing that breathed into you and me that is inspired. Absolutely. I'm so glad
1: you said that because it, at the mouth of two or more witnesses, because I was questioning what I'm going to say, remind me to say something about where the first place you'll see inspiration is in the Bible. Yeah. So
0: when you get ready, I will. Do you see how easy it was? Like, Because I'm being serious. Do you see how easy it is to trip over that idea, though? Mm-hmm. Because you're laid in, I don't know if you've moved past this with this subject or not, because I haven't moved past this. I'm laden with both philosophical traps and what I feel like are theological traps Mm -hmm. about the Word of God every time you're talking. It's like I'm trying to not step on a landmine that someone else is like, well, this will say this. And then I'm making an argument for someone that isn't even in the room. Right, right. Um, You just have to...
1: Deal with that as it comes, but there's a lot of presuppositions and a lot of framing that comes. A lot of times, I say the things I say, the way I say them, because I'm so aware of the the framing from from opponents to the idea of a perfect Bible and a perfect translation and pureness of the Word of God. And see, folks, talk about perfect. You might that's that's another another topic. You have to define perfection. See. Pureness and things like that. Well, uh, sorry if I interrupted no, you there. Fine. I just like I feel like I I've know. got
0: like I've got to unwrap the little knot in there's, my head.
1: There's uh, there's a lot of philosophical speculation and things and, and implications, uh, philosophical stuff that comes with this for sure. Um, trying to really be as simple as I can, but I would say the first I, practically, I would say Adam. That's the first act of inspiration you see, but yeah. maybe not. What if it is? In the beginning was, uh, how about this? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. What's the next thing you say? And the Spirit of God Mm -hmm. moved. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. Holy holy men of God spake as they were moved by what? That same Spirit that moved upon these waters. Now watch this. If if inspiration is the breath of God, why can't verse 3 be the, uh, verse 4, no verse three be the first act of inspiration. You see in your Bible, which I would say it probably is technically. And God said,
0: <laughs> that's "Yeah."
1: It. When God spoke, that's it. He he set that thing in motion. You see, and gave life to the universe.
0: Yeah. Know?
1: So when we're dealing with inspiration, you'll have to go back to Genesis chapter one, and then you see with inspiration of humanity, one process of inspiration set that thing in course. Well. What about the Word of God? One, the originals. We talk about the originals so much. Yeah, at some point there was an original <laughs> text, original autograph. Yeah. How about just, hmm, just like the formation of it? It's alive forever, and that's when you you're going to get into a whole lot of complexities that you don't need to when we deal with nuts and bolts, mechanics, translation. Okay? Got it. I'll show you. Okay. Look, look at this. This is what I talked to this guy that is, a, is apparently an authority on scripture, okay? Yeah. And uh, he influences a lot of people, okay? And this is, um, I asked him this question and I kind of knew, thought I knew what he'd say. You tell me what the answer is and we'll look at it. Look at uh, Acts chapter 22, Acts 22. We're talking about inspiration and we're talking about scripture. Inspiration of Scripture. And obviously the implication of translation is going to come up here. And it's Acts chapter 22. Paul is about to address his Jewish brethren in a big heated uproar. And uh, well, chapter 21 verse 40 says at the end of that thing, he, he he. Well, I'll just read the text. And when he had given him license, that's the Roman centurion, Paul stood in the stairs and beckoned with the hand unto the people. He's about to address his people. And when there was made a great silence, watch this. He spake unto them in the Hebrew tongue, saying, now you have a narrative in verse 22, verse 1, all the way through verse 21 is where his discourse ended. Mm -hmm. He is speaking words, these words, in the Hebrew language. When Luke writes these words to Theophilus, he dips the little quill, quill into the inkwell and puts it on the papyri and, and writes. Where did inspiration begin? What, this is what I asked that guy. I said, now according to what we've already seen in the book of Job, uh-huh. what inspiration is, what's inspired? What was given by inspiration? Where did inspiration begin is what I asked him. Uh-huh. When Paul opened his mouth and said, Men and brethren and fathers, hear ye my defense. Or it, is it when Luke... Now we're dealing with translation. Yep. Another good question before you answer that. People are so concerned with nuts and bolts mechanics. And, and it, it sells well. And it's very convincing. Because I do yep. understand translation. What you, What you lose. Do you not think that when he wrote in Greek these words, it's not going to match the, the Hebrew? <laughs> you lost something, or may I ask, did you gain something?
0: I, I Where did would inspiration s- begin? That's the question I the ask The inspiration has to begin when he speaks, because it's as men of God spake. And the whole element that God's going to lay out, like we talked about last week, the word of God is always first spoken. Okay. Right. So it has to be spoken. Well, it not a ha- it is spoken. So if we had the original autograph of
1: what Luke wrote here, you've got the you do have. You know what you have? An autograph, not to be confused with a manuscript. Yeah. An autograph is the original original text. Yes, it's original. That. What do you value most? What Paul said or what he? You understand? Yeah. Or are they both synonymous? They're both. They're both of equal value. Now I asked that man this. And he said in writing, inspiration began when he wrote it. That's not Bible. No, that's scholarly consensus. Yes, but inspiration begins at the mouth. Yeah, not the pen. Holy men of God spake. Most of the men who are who claim authorship to the Bible didn't write it. Yeah, Paul didn't write most of what he wrote. You understand? Yeah. but he's the author, the human instrument of authorship. But mm-hmm. there was another penman. You see, look at Jeremiah with Baruch and things like that. So, uh, so a question is this, and it, it, takes, it takes a lot of consideration, but then again, it doesn't take much. Did um, these words, I guarantee you words were taken away and words were added in order to, to, to that summary and to put that into the Greek language. Uh-huh. And furthermore, what we have here in the English came from, you know, that thing was in Latin before and then, then Greek. Yep. Okay, have you lost anything? Okay, they say yeah no, no you have not. No. There are works because what is translation? You see, you gotta get into translation. What is translation? You see, it's a it's a it's a metamorphosis, it's a change, it's but a it's change. the same you understand it's better every time. So, um, question is this inspiration, yeah. Uh, with Luke, uh, did did trans did inspiration begin with Paul or with Luke? You just said the right answer. Yeah, it's there with you Paul. go. Uh, But if you are, so I would, if you, in the world of scholarly... Can I say it it like this? This is a
0: better way to understand uh this. When Jesus Christ spoke, God in the flesh, were the words that came out of his mouth inspired, or the words that got written down in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John inspired? Right. Right? They were translations, even if you're going translation in the text of speech. Right. To writing. Right. It was a translation that occurred. Uh, yeah, it was dictation, if it was the yes. same. If it's the same, uh, they were I mean, a like change a t- from yes, it. The absolutely. definition of a change from, mm-hmm. like you're going to see, the only three times you have translated in your Bible are 2 Samuel 3, Colossians 1 Hebrews 11.5. Right. Those are the only times that those words are used in your Bible. Mm-hmm. And like you've already stated, it's always an elevation of what's happened. Mm-hmm. Now, what we're not saying here, what, let's say what we're not saying. We're not saying that every translation of the Bible is better than the translation before it because if we were to say that, then the Message Bible is better than the King James. It's the translation of the words of God. The words of God. Yes. See, not an interpolation,
1: not, a, not an, uh, an um, augmentation or a, a copyright variation and things like that. Yeah. A lot of other things that have different source material. That's, that's, that's nuts and bolts mechanics. Yes. You know, which, which only through real study would someone ever understand that stuff. But this is, we're dealing with the spirit of these words. Again, Amen. last week when we were in interpretation, 1 Corinthians, that's the biblical method of biblical interpretation, 1 yeah. Corinthians chapter 2. Uh, we talk a lot about rightly dividing the word of truth. Let's talk about properly connecting the word of truth. And those are spiritual things. Yeah. They're literal, but they're spiritual. Yeah. So that, just like Jesus Christ, when he was resurrected, walked right through a wall. Yep. That's a literal Jesus Christ. How do you know? You could touch him.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Is he physical or is he spiritual? Spiritual. Literal, spiritual. See, people people say spiritual versus physical, and they're thinking literal or they think spiritual is some kind of spirit. Yeah. No, there's literal, tangible. the spirit world is more real yes. than the physical world. <laughs> this right here is this is a a continuation of what God breathed on of the originals. And looking at that, well, and uh, really, uh, before I don't know how far you want to go because I think we could get here. It is what is what is inspiration? Inspire to inhale to take Uh in life. That's life. These words are life. What is scripture? Well, what's the root word of scripture? Script. Yeah. It becomes scripture when it's penned. So scripture is given. That's what I mean by scripture given by inspiration. It started with someone saying yes. You see. So uh, and again, man, I, I got this from um, from uh, an old. It was it was a copy, man. This is twenty something years ago. I read something, uh, survey of our authorized version. It was a, a transcript from Ruckman uh-huh. uh, about a sermon he preached. And he said some things that blew my mind along what we're, we're talking about you said the Word of God is alive
0: yeah
1: you got um, and we can kind of segue with this if you want to but he said um, uh, well uh, Hebrews chapter 4 the word of God is quick uh-huh. now that's not that's not fast no, no, that's quick and yeah. alive if I'm cutting my fingernails exactly yeah if I'm cutting my fingernails it doesn't hurt unless I hit the living part which is the quick
0: you have the quickened. Quicken- you, you have to quicken.
1: You have to quicken the, have the quick in Ephesians 2. You yep. were dead. Yes. You're quickened. That means you're made alive. We had a little play on words in the army days, uh, bayonet training. What? There's two types of bayonet trainers, the quicken. The, <laughs> the dead, yeah. And uh, it, it, it's a double meaning. Yeah. Be fast, but they are either going, uh-huh. probably you all going to die with that. But um, the quicken the dead. So, um, yeah, and he took that, and that man... Showed how alive they do it. Uh, I'll show you real quick. I'll show you something he said, and this is I'm giving him the credit for that because uh, it's chapter four. <laughs> now this is what drives scholars crazy, Joey. I'm about to show you something that's gonna that will upset any any uh, seminary professor who claims that. Uh, insp- uh, that, that interpretation is translation, okay? But notice this. I'm quoting verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Notice that the word of God discerns. Mm-hmm. That's an attribute of something that is active and in sync with the reader, okay? And uh, notice this. Verse thirteen. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in what's that next word in his sight. His sight. Yeah. It's, that's a that pronoun. The antecedent is the word of God. Uh huh. And here's what somebody's gonna do. I can guarantee you right now. You show that you show that to um, <laughs> any recognized authority on Bible things. He'll say, Well, that's that's that that has to be Jesus Christ, the word of God.
0: Uh huh.
1: Well, um, first of all. Every time that the Word of God, the incarnate Word, is mentioned, it is capitalized. But yeah. okay, whatever. Let's say it is. No, it's not. You will know what you'll see? You'll see that same. You'll see the incarnate Word in Revelation chapter 1. What's he got coming out of his mouth? Sword. Two-edged sword. Yep. That's him speaking. That's his words. That's the inspiration. That's the yeah. it's a No, This his is a reference to the written Word. It's the written word of God, and, and uh, I think it's in Old in Galatians. This is where that thing went to, and I'm just kind of yeah. paraphrasing a little bit in Galatians. He speaks about how the Spirit uh, foresaw, um, the the Spirit spake to Pharaoh. Uh, no, yeah. no, no. The Lord spake to Pharaoh. Uh, no, the Scripture saith to Pharaoh. That's the it. Scripture the Scripture saith, saith, the saith yeah. to Pharaoh, thus and thus. Uh-huh. You go back and parallel that to the passage where he said it. Guess who's saying it? The Lord yeah there is no scripture when moses is talking to pharaoh there's no scripture on the table
0: yeah (laughs) genesis right
1: there's no scripture but he's equating the lord with scripture you sure you want to minimize scripture and let's be flippant about it or is it something much bigger than what we realize it is he said another place i forgot where it was maybe romans i don't know i'm guessing or, uh, uh, no, I'm still. I think the quote for Pharaoh was in Romans, Romans chapter 9. I think, with the scripture saith to Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Now, in Galatians, the scripture saith to Abraham, the scripture, yeah, the script that's a written word of God saying something. There's no word, you know, what you'll go back, you'll go back to that uh narrative in Genesis, and the Lord said to Abraham, Yeah, you cannot get the living word. That's how alive. Yeah, the Bible is—it's so alive that is the mind of God, is what we're looking at. Yes. So, with that being said, you—I um, know, I know the framing that comes with that, and, and unapologetically, that is my stated position on inspiration and interpretation, and those things tie together. And if you're going to speak with any authority on Scripture, you need to deal with what those words mean. And if they mean something else, I would challenge anyone to please show me.
0: Yeah. I don't think that there's any this is the thing that is constantly combated. I don't think people realize what the divide truly is with where we're talking about. And like I know like we've already said, we're talking about interpretation. These two videos or maybe this will be two videos, maybe we'll do a standalone video on translation. I think we could do 10 standalone videos on translation if we really wanted to, but I don't feel the need to drag out every single subject or like we're going to get it to completion. I don't know that this is the completion of these topics and we won't redress these in years to come. But with all that in place, the reason why we are saying this is because most scholars today would, number one, say that the text that you have available to you is not inspired, right? Does not carry over inspiration from the original, Mm -hmm. right? Number two they would say that no translation can be inspired, or which is a difficult argument to make on the basis that they themselves use a translation of the Old Testament when translating the Bible into our language today, Mm -hmm. right? So they're making a confession about that that they then don't uphold practically. I wanted to go to Acts 4 because I wanted to talk about something that happens here. Now, if I could lay out, if we could lay out the framing, that inspiration starts at the mouth, right? Uh-huh. And then there's also this other thing that needs to be discussed, which, oh, sorry, uh, Acts 2. Apologize. I'll do this forever. Ephesians 6.17 says that the, word, the, spirit, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Okay. So it's the weapon by which the Holy Ghost uses, right? So like that plays into the idea that um, essentially that the spirit of, that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. The Word of God is a weapon which the Spirit of God wields, right? In Acts 2, an amazing thing happens where the Holy Ghost comes upon men. And then they are going to speak what will be the word of God. Mm-hmm. But watch what happens. Acts 2, verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And so there came the sound of a heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house that they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as, like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were fi- they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there was and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came. Sorry, I'm gonna have to prop this up. Came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? At least 15 different languages are spoken at once. Which one has the inspiration of God, if no translation can be inspired? Say like all of them. That's the only way you could biblically interpret that. That if the Holy Spirit of God, you're going to see this, this that he speaks... And the rest of two is what's being spoken. Mm-hmm. That was spoken in 15 other languages so you before. you agree with what I said.
1: I said all of them. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. It's the only argument that can be made. And one of the greatest things that has been levied, like almost like there's a weapon against people that believe in the King James Bible, is that, well, you, you believe that no one else can have the Bible in their language. And I'd say, we're the only ones that do believe that people can have the the Word of God in their language. Mm-hmm. You're the ones that don't think anyone can have the Word of God mm-hmm. because you don't think that this is the Word of God before you. And what you said made me think of another place where there's multiple translations,
1: okay? I don't know about the perfection of how that, that carries over, I just don't know. I know this, the, the English language I truly do believe, and that's another subject, is prophesied that it will be the English of the, the language of the last days. Okay. English, okay, and we obviously history has shown that it is the language of commerce and uh, air traffic control, Every language of the internet. So universal it's English, language. Yes, yeah. and it's the language. Now, with God in his providence, see, we're dealing with providence. Yeah. And when we see that, the winds of providence, how about that? <laughs> okay? and, it, it, and sometimes, you know where my mind is going when you're reading this stuff? You know what I'm thinking? I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah. Oh, but look at you! What you and I'm, I'm catching all this stuff. I don't want to get in that trap. Yeah. The way I deal with things like this is like I love dialoguing with opponents uh-huh. uh, in a good faith dialogue, and just if they'll lead the dance, I'll stay in step with them and be as honest as I can about that. Yeah. And uh, because there's so much, um, so much that comes with that. Well, um, have you ever considered? Okay, here's what I would say. If you say well, you know, let's let's let's. Uh, Frame this thing like opponents of our stated position that this is the perfect word of God. Yes. If you want the perfect word of God, I say learn English. Okay. (laughs) But let's say you don't. Let's say you're 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 Swahili Uh or something like that. Let's give you a translation. Where are we getting the translation from? Yes. I'm going to say you know that little textus receptus little position. That's that. Listen, we're way beyond that. Okay. That the TR. This ain't a translation of the TR.
0: It, it is. I don't think any. A, I don't think that's a good argument no, it's because terrible.
1: Yeah, there's. It's an eclectic text. There's no doubt.
0: Yes. So I would say if you want a translation of an, a Philippines or anything like that, translate it from this right here. And I don't have any problem. This is why I think people have a problem with that. And this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say this right now as a King James guy, and I, I don't care. I don't really care how it comes off. If you had to put before me the autographed words of Paul in Kone Greek mm-hmm. or an NIV, the NIV is better, of course, because you can. Learn. I can't handle that. Even if I knew the language, even no matter who the scholar is, there is no way you can understand the nuance of that language to the level to be able to properly digest it and translate it back. Because you do not live in that time and you do not know that language. Mm-hmm. So me saying that you should translate from the King James Bible, it's the only hope that you have... Because it's been settled. There's all of the variances in Greek. Exa- Greek. It's the only hope that you have of being able... If I believe this to be the Word of God, mm-hmm. why would I not translate from it? Why would I think it's inferior? Right? I'll show you an example. You may know where I'm going. Go ahead. Go to Esther.
1: Yeah. Esther...
0: Chapter 8,
1: now this is a a good example of what we're talking about. It's in Esther, and of course the king is a Persian king, our hashers, but boy, he's over uh, how many provinces? Uh, uh, 127, what? Yeah, over 127. He's spanning from Ethiopia, I think, to uh, India, isn't it? Um, Oh, where am I at? Esther. Esther, Nehemiah, Ezra, Job, I think that that goes. Yeah, something like that. Let me go to Esther. Now, there's a decree after Haman, that everything uh, has been reversed, and Haman has met his doom and trying to annihilate the Jews. Notice this man. I hope I can find the right text here. And it is, he's going to send out a decree. Ah, let me see. Oh, I'm in Ezra. Let me see. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job. Let me get the right book. (laughs) Let me get the right book. I know something wasn't looking right. Yeah, here we go. And, uh, um, oh, look at verse 9, I think. Yeah, now I'm going to read verse 9, a little bit along of chapter, the chapter of chapter 8. Okay. And this is a decree from a king. There might be something to that, Joey. Could I, could I play yeah. that? Yeah. Where the word of a king is, finish that for me. There is power. Okay, that's, that's a Bible fact. It might, just if God's going to give us a perfect Bible, I believe it would be under the auspices of a sovereign. There is no one more powerful on planet Earth than our right now. Yes. At the time of the King James, listen, you've got the authority of a king. Yeah. Okay. And find someone more powerful than Britain at that time. Yeah. Understand? Uh, And that's always been the case with preservation. If we're we're not, I don't mean to get off topic, but if we were talking about preservation, how did God preserve them Jews? Heathen kings, Cyrus, Artaxerxes. Darius, you see that? Yes. And those they preserve them kings. I just wonder. I like seeing continuity like that. I see value in that. That's for me. I'm sure
0: other people could minimize that. And I think there's a convergence thing there. Like what when I make an argument for the King James Bible and the text of the King James Bible, I always make it. I, I always make that argument from the position of preservation. That is the argument that I make. And the reason why I make that argument is that preservation is a proven doctrine of the Bible. And I can't just believe it for my... To to believe in preservation for your own personal Mm -hmm. salvation and not to believe it for the Word of God, which is said to be put above the name of God, is very conceited right? So you have to believe in the doctrine of the preservation. Nobody who is a Christian cannot believe, like you cannot believe that the Bible is the word of God, or you can't believe that there is a such thing as the word of God without believing in the doctrine of the preservation. Now that's an argumentation that I'm making, right? Mm -hmm. So the thing that you're about to say, if you said, what is that? I said, I absolutely believe that's prophetical. I don't take it as this is an authoritative position. It's not my This is for that. someone it's a, to yeah. understand. It's I think like it's a, augmenting an embelli- an embellishment yes.
1: on, on the foundation that we're watching. But you can't. If you want to minimize that, go ahead. Now with preservation, my thoughts are going crazy. Yeah. Because right? what's what's an advocate of a of multiple versions mentality yes. going to say? No, no perfect translation. That kind of thing. It has been preserved in a plethora. And a plethora, a wealth, an embarrassment of riches with all of the manuscripts, all yep. of the resources we have, all of the versions we have. That's where it's at. Well, Do you know what you? that is? Yeah.
0: That's preterism and applied to the Word of God. Okay. Because absolutely that's how God preserved Israel, by dispersing it. Absolutely that's how God preserved His Word. That's why this Bible has Latin, it has Greek, it has Aramaic, it has Hebrew. Okay. Now when you say it's been dispersed, let's qualify that. Israel was scattered. And then and regathered.
1: Watch. He read right. Ezekiel thirty seven, gathering, uh-huh. gathering all the everything together. Well what Watch happened this. with the word
0: of God? It's been ga- it's been gathered together. That's what I'm
1: saying. That's it,
0: right there. If you can't see that pattern throughout Bible mm-hmm. when it comes to everything, you are missing out on one of the deepest You're truths of scripture.
1: Because another thing, here's here's the consensus, okay? Um, those folks have have years and years of Again, there's a lot of money to be made with publishing companies. They've got their spokesman. Yeah. They're very good at what they do. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Here's, and I must concede, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Mm -hmm. Okay. I've used that a hundred times in defense of preservation of this text. Yes. I don't think I can do that anymore. I think the context shows just that saying of God. Yeah. Let's make that another topic. At some point, let's talk about preservation. Let's ask the hard questions that are framed against that, and see if that can meet the demands of Scripture every time. Because where it can, we must concede and be honest that it can, okay? But like if I was, in other words, uh, sometimes it's just a saying that comes to pass. Yes. It's not the written Word of God. And people have noticed that, but it's not like that every time. That would be a great video that tethers to this on preservation yeah. uh, to consider that. But right here, let me, let me here's a, what you said made me think about this, what you're saying in Acts. Okay. All of those languages. You got inspiration. You've got obviously translation. Yeah. And this is notice how this worked. And we're talking about look how fast this happened within what weeks, months. I don't know the time frame here. Uh But look what happens here under the auspices of a sovereign king in verse number nine. Bible says Then were the king's scribes called, and he's got the providence, and they're all, you know, he he is sheltering these, these are independent nations, but he is the king over all of them, and let them be independent with their own language and identity. Then were the king's scribes called at that time in the third month, in the month Saban, on the three-and-twentieth day thereof, and it was written according to all that Mordecai commanded to the Jews and to the lieutenants and to the deputies and rulers of the provinces, uh, which are from India unto Ethiopia and 127 provinces. We're dealing with multiple languages unto every province according to the writing thereof and unto every people after their language and to the Jews according to their writing and according to their language. Um, so you've got a, a king putting out something in writing <laughs> yeah. and he's translating from His language, Uh the king's language, putting it out there. And I got something else in Isaiah uh, 19 that kind of shows, maybe not. That might be something else because I got a lot of things. I've got so much stuff on the the Jews retaining their language, Uh this this garbage that the Jews lost their language. that's That's another scholarly thing that they put out there that the Jews
0: lost their language, spoke Greek. Is that this is? I'm gonna I'm gonna derail you a little bit because I do feel like this is propping up. There's become almost an anti-Semitic view of Israel in in our realms. It's crept in over the last I don't know how many years. Mm -hmm. I would say I've definitely seen it come on strong over the last 15 for sure. There's something going on with this transition away from the Hebrew when it comes to the Old Testament. That's something different. That's, that's not tethered to that. Say again now. There's like this transition away from, I'm not going to use the Hebrew anymore. We're going to use what we believe to be the Septuagint, right? Mm-hmm. Which you have way more on than I do, okay? Okay. But how much of this is tied into bad doctrine? Because like I said, I think that they're using a framing. Mm-hmm. It's how I understand... In times, it's how I understand the Bible. It's how I understand salvation, mm-hmm. right? Like, and it's this uh, almost like a ref, a reformer set where it's it's kind of anti-Israel, right? It's it's anti-scripture. It is anti-scripture, mm-hmm. but that's what I'm saying. It's it's got all of these elements, and then when you you try to talk to them, you realize like, oh no, that's a whole framework by which you're interpreting everything that comes through. Like, you've got these lenses that you put on, and this is how you approach every subject. Are you talking about a, a supposed pre bc Greek? Yes, exactly.
1: Life? That'd be to, good. At some to point, devoid the Hebrew. At some point... We may need to s- discuss that in a very slow and systematic way. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to do anything today. I just didn't know yeah, if you well, said it, that. It would, take, it would take a solid hour and a half, probably. But it needs to be exposed and shown. Let's get the whole story. Yeah. Okay? Uh, a lot of it comes with people spending much more time in history books and Greek lexicons and Hebrew lexicons and um, and... Standing on each other's shoulders and parroting what other people say, they've missed the scriptures. Yes, there's no doubt about that, and uh, they're and they're they're ignoring manuscript evidence. <laughs> uh, we, I could talk about that at length, and that's
0: another great. Uh, I don't copy,
1: know which is um. Have, you don't have we chased the, the
0: rabbit trail? Have we talked uh, enough bit, about? But, here we go. Scripture and um, all these things, because I feel like I want to do this again, it's all and I'm I want to restart from is that. I'm,
1: yeah, I think right now with inspiration, uh-huh. I think we've we've pretty much covered it in a, in a pretty concise way, and we stayed on point. Yeah, you can't discuss inspiration without preservation. I like what Gip said. Gip said, uh, <laughs> "Inspiration is a blank sheet of paper." Yeah, you know, with that God. Uh, the uh, allowed men to write the original yes. autographs. Preservation, when he takes those and has copies of copies with divine providence of keeping Absolutely. his word. Now, where they, uh, and nobody, I'm not advocating the Bible was always intact, always. the Word of God doesn't guarantee there's always gonna be an intact scripture. The words are what will not go away. You understand? Yes. That's the difference. Now they are in one codex, yeah. there, you see. Now, um, so uh, Gipps said it like this, uh, inspiration, you know, we're having him in in February.
0: Uh, no, i know uh, i
1: i'm excited about yeah, it Yes, sam gibb um great resource man um he said inspiration without preservation is a divine waste of time yes why would you it's just really sometimes we just got to get place to really common sense but what we've said today about inspiration demands that we discuss preservation you know what i'd like to do joey um i've got a lot of quotes and i've listened to a lot of things from um from well-known and uh, scholarly men that are very well schooled with, uh, the, you know, A.T. Robertson's eight-case Greek system of uh, the Greek language and things like that, they—they they, they are scholars. Yes. Not Bible scholars. They're Greek scholars. Yes. And they—they they believe that they are in an authority, and people do listen to them. And the charges they make against our concept of Preservation. I can tell you of conversation. I've got written dialogue between scholars about Psalm chapter twelve, verse six and seven. Yes. Right? And about the the gender and all that stuff, and 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 looking at that stuff and the the depths that they will go through and the contradictions that they create when they try to take away the doctrine yeah. of preservation. And that's a that's a that's another that bleeds back into last week. Interesting that
0: context dominates grammar. Grammar doesn't dominate context. And I don't know that you're ever going to win that argument. You should be able to win that argument on a scholarly level because it's obvious and apparent, but I'm telling you that all of the scholarly investment is grammatical, and it is and tra- inspiration is nothing more than translation mm-hmm. to them, right? right? Exactly. But then, at the same time, they don't believe the translation. The or transla- interpretation is nothing. Interpretation, more, interpretation, sorry, interpretation is nothing more, more than, than translation, translation to them. them, right? And that's how they'll treat a passage when they get up and preach. They're not, they're not giving you the meaning of the text. Mm-hmm. They're giving you a translation of the text into another. Text. That's really what's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that happens when someone just gets up there and tells you what a definition of a word is. Not exactly. Right? Like right. you're not doing anything different. You're not giving the meaning. You're translating. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to say a few, I don't know what, if you want to put this down for the people that are following Genesis 2 7, Job 12 10, Job 20 12-10? Uh, What's in 12? this is all that the breath man has the breath of God. Okay, yeah. I'm just giving inspiration quotes for people. Job 27.3 is probably a better one. We're gonna look at that. I was just going to give this for people to put up there. We're dealing with I don't breath, know if I'm right? going to put all of these yeah. on the screen. He said 27.3? 27.3. All the while my breath is in me, the Spirit of God yeah, is in my that's nostrils. Good, that's good. Um, and then the breath of life is in creation. Uh, that's Genesis 6, 17, Genesis 7, 15, Psalm 33, 6. And then let's go to Ant- uh, Genesis 7, And let's go to Isaiah 42. These are just, this is just for your... I, I, I kind of, I wanted to put my, our notes on the screen last video, mm-hmm. but it's actually pretty difficult to do because... What did you say in 42? 425 5. Thus saith the Lord God, he that created the heavens and stretched them out, he that spreadeth forth the earth and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and the spirit to them that walk therein. So you see that
1: convergence, spirit
0: spirit and breath. Um, uh, (laughs) But I wanted to give this to people for the sake of there is a lot of work and research that goes into the things that we're saying as much as I love the fact that we can have this even flow thing, mm-hmm. man, there's a lot of Scripture that I'm, we're not even going to cover today.
1: No way to be all-inclusive.
0: You can't be. Yeah. But I want them to realize, like, we're not just making... I think it feels like sometimes people don't have the ability to delineate between someone who is making a true-false claim, mm-hmm. right, on a base of evidence and someone who is trying to present an argument from Scripture. And, like, there was there's a lot of care that goes into the words that we say even though we're having a conversation, I don't think you're saying something just haphazardly to be controversial, which is how it comes off like, almost like this is a, de- this is a desire to stick it to a scholar. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that I do believe there's a scholarly take that is incorrect, and we're not correcting it with our knowledge or our ability. We're saying that the Bible doesn't say that. Woe unto you lawyers. You yes. have
1: taken away the key of knowledge.
0: Yes. I've got to expose that.
1: You, they do not enter in themselves and they prevent others from entering in. Absolutely. The is is the word. Listen, this book, this, the words of God are synonymous
0: with God's life, they are synonymous with God's spirit. And you and me are openly confessing by the last two videos any revelation that we can provide, it comes from the Holy Spirit of God or His Word probably a combination conversions of conversions both.
1: on both. If it's if it's from the Holy Spirit of God with no with no scriptural authority, yes. then we throw that out. You uh, now there's some nuances that obviously God will give people to, to for, for me. Yeah But if it's something that I couldn't articulate to others. Yeah. You know, other
0: I feel like this is the element that the Holy Spirit plays. He'll take the vessel and he'll fill that vessel with what's appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. And like, this is what I'm saying. There's a depth and a knowledge to you and me that doesn't pair. We're not the same vessels, right? And when God will fill when you get into his word and the Holy Spirit of God will fill you up, it pours differently. Mm -hmm. It pours differently. It gets into different nooks and cracks of your life. And all of a sudden, I'm getting an augmented view of something I've never had before because God's using that vessel, Mm -hmm. right? And you've had that happen a thousand times where, I've read that, I've read that, I've read that, I've read that. that, And then another man will get up and he'll say something like, I've never seen it from there. So church might be important. Yeah. (laughs) We might need to edify one one another in love. That might be necessary for the church of God. I see. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Can we close? Can we close it? I don't know how to close this. I I want a good way to close it. Um, Go ahead. uh,
1: The Bible says, notice just how scientific the Bible is. Uh, He breathed into, what part of Adam did he breathe into? His mouth or his nostrils? His nostrils. You know, that's a scientific fact. Any athlete will tell you whether it's boxing or running, you take in through your nostrils, yeah, not through your mouth. So what we're gonna do, I suggest this, to learn a lesson, when you're running, you breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. We're gonna get a mouthful of water, we're gonna go run five miles, only breathing through our nose.
0: There you go. How's that sound? David Goggins style. Yeah, man. You know? You know uh, there's a reward
1: <laughs> that'll come through, somewhere there's a reward in this, I don't know what it's gonna be. Oh my God. It might be humor. Yeah. <laughs> So, but anyway, just a uh, yeah, it's a good place to stop, man. Man, it's and, uh, a blessing. Where we're going next time?
0: Uh, I feel like we could. We've got preservation? preservation, translation. We 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 touched on it. Not that. Not that. Uh,
1: I want to be honest. Is what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to. I'm not a salesman for the King James Bible. Yes, you understand. I am an advocate for truth. Let it surface. I want to be able to acknowledge where opponents to our stated position have a point. Yeah. And consider that. Uh, a, again, at any time that's that's where you're going to get help from God when you're honest. Honest with the script. Just be Can honest. Can we say with
0: God. this? This is a good way to to help understand the position we're advocating. I don't believe in the King James Bible. I believe in the word of God and it led me to this Absolutely. Bible. Absolutely. I believe in the Absolutely. word of God and it led me to this Bible. That is what I hope we'll be able to map out over the next couple of videos maybe. I'll tell you something, uh, you weren't at church last Sunday. I
1: wasn't. You know what I said to the church? I said, I know we got people here with other versions. Uh-huh. okay? I'm not here to shame you. And I told the church, I said, and, and no one in here uh, is to shame anyone who has another version, Yeah. okay? If you can't, if the God can't show you that and let that uh, generate organically and naturally as yes. you learn some things, and I said this. I said I would rather have a person in that pew with an ESV and a good heart, yep. than a person with the, the right book and a Pharisee's heart. Absolutely. I said any day, give me that person with that with that inferior Bible that yes. contains the Word of God. Yep. But as far as real growth and maturity, you're never going to attain it outside of this. But um,
0: I have I'm a not- hard time not getting angry and emotional because all of our frustration has nothing to do with the individual in the pew. Right. Just the same way that when we talk about like something like one of these money grabbing preachers, right? That's conning honest and sincere people, mm-hmm. you and me have no problem with the poor individual who's out there trying to get their kid healed of cancer, right? right? right. That is right. not where you and me have an issue at all. Our problem is with the false prophet mm-hmm. who's behind the pulpit. Right. And our problem is with the ideology and the ideas mm-hmm. that have permeated from a top level. Not with the indi- the and singular when they, individuals, when
1: they claim to possess intellectual and moral dominance. yeah, it is a moral side. thing and they it claim is. intellectual dominance
0: as well. Well, you and you and me will be framed mm-hmm. as being immoral in the light of a belief that we have about the Word of God. Which is an insane thing. All they have to, to do say. is
1: weaponize compassion and say, You're divisive and th- look at these yep. let's get on with real things. There's real issues. Blah, yes. blah blah blah. How about the real issue of the integrity of God, first of all? Yep. I like that one. A man's only as good as his words. Yeah. And if we really had to park on just the textual variants, yeah, um, we may uh, I know what they're. I know what they're going to do. They're going the expansion of piety. They added words in here and not. Yep. You know, I know all that stuff. I, well, I guess I don't know all of it. I can, but I'm pretty familiar with the framing yeah. of that. And uh, in in the world of academia, that's going to continue. There's nothing going to change that.
0: Well, brother, let's just close it off there, and we will. Uh, we'll start run? next get next We're going week. To take a job. Let's go. Let's go run. All right, man. <laughs>